Hello, welcome to another episode of You Had Me at Rom-Com. I'm Jessica Richards. I'm Chloe Jacobs. And this is the podcast where we talk about your favorite romantic comedies and why we love slash hate them. And today, happy Tom Thanksgiving. So excited, (laughs) the second year that we're celebrating. Um, You know, I guess that's like the only way that we're going to really celebrate Thanksgiving this year. I hope everyone is staying safe and inside and yeah, all that stuff. Um, Okay, so I'm so excited. We have a really special guest today, Maggie Cannon. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. This is so exciting for Tom, T. Hanksgiving, Tom Hanksgiving. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And Maggie and I took improv class together at UCB, and uh, I've been kind of obsessed with her tweets and just everything ever since. So talented. Oh, right back at you. You're oh, my so, God. So damn I'm funny. Honored. And um, I just want to say that Tom Hanks, uh, he's like, I feel like he's America's dad, right? Like, that's how I feel about oh, him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely, definitely. He just, I can't really say that I've seen a movie of his that I've been up, you know. But I haven't seen this one since the theaters, which was so, it was really crazy for me to rewatch. What about y'all? When was the last time y'all had seen this? Oh, I personally watch this movie every year. Um, Same. It's actually, it's my Christmas Eve movie. Oh, <laughs> um, that's amazing. It's what I watch to wrap presents. And for some weird reason, like, I've never, like, bought the streaming version. So to rewatch it this <laughs> time, I was like, you know what? It's great. I love a fall Meg Ryan movie. <laughs> Meg Ryan in the fall in New York is like, it's a season of itself. So I, I this is one of my favorite all-time rom-coms. Oh, I love that. I actually just movie. watched it like two or three weeks ago. It was during all that election coverage and I was getting oh, like yeah. migraines and I felt really bad. And I was like, I just need comfort food. Mm. And I put this on strangely. So it's like fresh in my mind. <laughs> It's a total comfort food movie. Right? Oh I feel so... Okay, so, like, for me, I've seen Sleepless in Seattle a million times, and I just do not remember seeing this other than in the theaters. And as I rewatched it, I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, a charming... How have I not watched this again? I didn't like yeah. this the first time. The first time I saw this in theaters when I was, I don't know how old. This Wait. is, what, 98? Yeah. So I was, like, 12? Yeah. I can't do math. Whatever it is, however old I was, I remember not liking it at first and thinking it wasn't very fun. And over the years, it has like wormed its way into my heart. And I sometimes I think I like it more than Sleepless in Seattle, which is crazy. I do personally like it more than Sleepless in Seattle, oh. which I will second <laughs> is crazy. Like I know that that's the one that you're supposed to like more. Um, but I also, I, that's so crazy. I had the same experience. I think I saw it when I was in middle school for the first time, like on DVD with my mom and my grandma and they were like, this is the best movie. And I was like, I don't like it. Like these people are (laughs) awful. Um, and then like something switched in high school where it was like this, I did have a, a thing switch where it was like, I never cried in movies as a kid. And then all of a sudden, like, I now I cry at everything. Oh, yeah. And I, I cry, cry at the end of this one. Yeah. Every too. time. Oh. Every time he says, don't cry, shop girl, I cry. Oh. <laughs> so, well, here's the thing. I think I, I feel the same way in that, like, I remember when I saw it, maybe because when I saw it, I was obsessed with AOL. I mean, who was not? Uh, you know, like, I had my, <laughs> I was cutie7845. Chloe, we've said this before. I didn't have AOL instant messenger. It was heartbreaking. I was left out of everything. My mom came home one day and said, we have instant messenger. I created a profile. I was so excited. And then I learned it was Yahoo instant messenger that nobody had. It was like worse than having anything. 
So I have a lot of, like, still resentment towards oh. AOL and AIM, even to this day. Oh, man. So, if, like, for me, I was like, we're going to see a movie about fucking AOL. And it was like, <laughs> they, don't even, they didn't even start using Instant Messenger until, like, way into half of the yeah. show. So I was like, what yeah. is this about? Why are they emailing each other? What is this? Um, but, yeah, I so it was interesting to watch it you know, as an adult, and I even went downstairs to go get a snack in the middle of it, and I go, Mom, I'm watching You've Got Mail. This is an adorable movie. And she's like, well, yeah, you don't remember? And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. So. Moms knew the entire time. They were yeah. always like, no, it's good. You'll wreck it. It's like Brussels sprouts. Like, oh. they, you'll, they grow on you. Oh, yeah. Well, so and I, I would make a case that Meg Ryan is the cutest person alive. Oh, she's adorable, yeah. Like, Absolutely. throughout the movie, like, her little things when she's like, I'm Kathleen Kelly. And she has, like, all these little head tilts and, like, all these, like, ugh, with the compact. And she is the cutest thing I've ever seen. Yes, definitely. And her fashion in this movie, that was something I picked up on. on the like, she <laughs> is... very J. Crew. It is. It's it's so early, ni- like, I guess it's late 90s, but it's, like, everything is muted earth tones. <laughs> like, both... Both of them are always in like a pale green or a pale blue. She's rocking the turtlenecks throughout. Turtleneck with the with the cardigan. With the cardigan <laughs> over. Uh, and she also has the zigzag part. Do you remember the zigzag yeah. part in the nineties? Yeah, I noticed that. I love her hair. Yeah. This like short pixie cut on her. She can rock it better than anybody. She's I think. so sweet. Yes. She's a she's a great actress. And you know, I guess this was the third movie they did together because. They did Joe versus the Volcano, yeah. which is another... I haven't seen that since I was like six or seven years old, which is another Same. great one. But I've not seen it in a long time. Even when the movie first opens up and you've got the old Windows graphics, you're just like, oh man. Then all of a sudden, because again, I haven't seen this movie in 22 years or something, you know? You're seeing names like Parker Posey, Steve Zahn, yeah. Dave Chappelle, and I was like, <laughs> what? Well, and Heather Burns, who we just covered on the podcast because she's in Miss Congeniality. Which, oh my gosh. Which, by the way, I finally was like, I need to learn her name because she's been in that. <laughs> she's been in two weeks notice, you know. Yeah, she's awesome. She's like the, the rom-com girl's best friend. She's yeah. the best friend before Judy Greer was the best friend. Yeah, yeah, she was really cute in this. But I just was like, oh man, I don't remember Dave Chappelle's in this. Like what? Yes. Um, so I was excited right from the get-go. Uh, so we open up to like Meg Ryan. She's, you know, just, she has like a really great, I just woke up face. I don't know what it is where she's just kind (laughs) of like, and, uh, Greg Kinnear comes in and it's, it's just kind of interesting the way that, you know, she wants to log in to go like, obviously start her emotional affair. And uh, (laughs) and the the way she's watching him leave the house, like it's enough to like, she has to look out the peephole. Lots of sneaking. And then she has to like, look out the window. Like, is he really gone? It's like, just get on the computer, dude. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's kind of weird to me. Um, Yeah. I will say watching this as an adult, I was like, wow, it does wildly just like totally support emotional affairs the the movie starts off and they're already messaging each other they are already fully in relationships that they're clearly not happy but it's not like they're that unhappy they're just kind of (laughs) bored but it's also like weirdly okay because they're not invested in their relationships and their partners aren't invested in them Right. They They're not getting engaged. They're not living together. This isn't like Wait, Parker Posey is not like together. I want kids. I thought they Oh, maybe they are living I together, Parker and Tom Hanks. Yeah, but, but but Greg Kinnear and her are not living together. Yeah, they're not living okay, together. Okay, he just spent the night. Okay. 
Well, which is even weirder for him. Well, maybe he has a key to the house because I'd be like, you'd think she'd just lock the door and be like, he's gone. He's gone. (laughs) Well, he might be coming back for one of his mini typewriters he leaves over there. Okay. That's another thing I thought was kind of funny is his obsession with typewriters. I don't know if y'all know this, but like Tom Hanks is actually legitimately obsessed with typewriters. (laughs) Really? In real life. Like he's known to gift them to people on set. He has an app called Hanks Writer, H-A-N-X Writer, (laughs) uh, that you can like pretend to use a typewriter on your iPhone. It's, I don't know. He is everybody's dad. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just so funny. Exactly. It's just funny because I was like, oh man, I wonder if like that was something that Tom Hanks threw in there, if that was something he was excited about because like I do know that fact about Tom. That's interesting. It's just funny though also to see as soon as she logs in because we're so used to, I guess we all got like DSL when we were what, like, I think that was the first thing after dial up was like what 2000 we 2000? had dial up I remember having dial up I it remember having dial up too mm-hmm. like the the sounds in the opening of the movie mm-hmm. I was like oh my gosh it reminds me when you could make a phone call at the <laughs> oh, same yes. time you're on the computer uh. or, or like if somebody picked like or somebody tried to call in or if your mom like picked up the phone and then all of a sudden you didn't even have chance to say like goodbye to your friends it just would go goodbye right. <laughs> and then your friends would get so pissed yeah, I, I had an obsession with, like, AOL and my buddy list. I got grounded from AOL quite a few times. Like, that was my thing. Like, if I was in trouble, I was grounded from AOL. Oh, um, man. <laughs> but Well, I think it's funny. So the product placement in this, where it's like, AOL feels really dated. Um, Fox Books is clearly Barnes & Noble. Right. Which feels very dated, because that's now, like, having right. a hard time it's surviving. So but Starbucks... Has survived the test of time and is still as popular now as it is in this movie. It's weird to see it compared to all these Mm. other things that were hip and have gone out of style. That's a good point. That's so true, yeah. There also, I I did write down her coffee order. She gets a tall skim (laughs) caramel macchiato. Um... (laughs) And it, but also when he, like the coffee guy, hand, or barista, coffee guy, great. Um, he hands her the cup and she's like, I'll have a tall. And it's clearly a grande or a venti. <laughs> and I literally had a moment where I was like, did Starbucks sizes change? Like, did they used to be different? <laughs> I feel like the Starbucks boom happened around this time, right? Oh, where yeah. It's yeah like, where definitely. It was everywhere. It still is. Well, of course, it's crazy of course. how it's, like, managed to stay the, like, the king of coffee. Well, there's a special corner of hell in Houston where there's three locations in one little, like, intersection. I'm not even kidding. There's one oh on each goodness. side. And it's like, I don't know why, but, and it's right by what used to be a Borders book, which now I think is a Barnes & Noble, and there you go. Yeah. Um, books and coffee. Books and they coffee. <laughs> but, but, yeah, like, they are, like, already in this emotional affair. All they know well, They about- met in the um, over, over 30. 30 chat room. The over th- 30 chat room. Yeah. Where's that chat Which room I would be a now? part of now. I was going to say, well, no, I want <laughs> How to depressing. Be- <laughs> I would like to be in this chat room. I'm like, as I'm watching this go down, I was like, my God, I want to date like it's 1998 online. <laughs> yeah. They don't have photos of each other. They're literally just going off of just like plain old chemistry. Now, it's a little risky in the fact that, like, maybe this person is not who they say they are, but they're just, like, literally falling. Or married. Yeah. He could totally be right. married. But, like, they're falling for each other's personality, and I think that they're, that's something that is really hard these days with dating apps. It's so, like, pictures, you swipe, people become disposable. Te- when you're texting with people, it's just so bland. It fizzles out. Right. And so to see them, they're having, like, these deep conversations and actually, like 
getting to know each other, I just was like, man, I wish that that was, like, what dating was like now. But it's just not. I think it's also... This movie really, like, desexualizes it. Mm -hmm. So it's not like she's so hot or, like, they're having cyber sex or whatever. The words that they use to describe her and her mother are, like, charming and enchanting. Those two words are said over and over and over again. So it's this, like, different idea of love. Mm-hmm. Right, being attracted to someone like by for their mind first, yeah, and and like they're the like, cutest person I've ever, you know, like how yeah. Meg Ryan. He's like, he says something right before they meet, like she's the most you know adorable person or something. And if she's if she's half as attractive as a mailbox, he should marry her. Yeah, it's but it's again like they're attracted to the mind, and it's like here they are connecting just through email, and they don't even. Do they? They don't even know each other's names at this point. No, no. shop girl and what is it? N wife one five two. Yeah, <laughs> his but address. What was? What was y'all's? I, so I was cutie seven eight four five, which is so hilarious to me because my mom was so paranoid about some kind of a pedophile finding me on the internet. But then when I make my screen name, it's. Okay, yeah, sure. Cutie, seven, eight, four, five. <laughs> that, that'll attract some. You're seeking them out. Yeah, I know. Do you remember y'all's? Do y'all remember your first? No, because I didn't have it, Chloe. Yeah, but what was your Yahoo Messenger? <laughs> I don't remember. I blocked that out. Yeah. I just remember logging onto Yahoo and then waiting patiently and nobody else was on. And no one was there. What about you, Maggie? Do you remember yours? I don't think I had one because I, I would have been, like, I... Because I was born in 96. Oh, my so God. So I was the very Every end. So, so young. Yeah, no, I think that's when I when I started mine. And, yeah, okay. Anyway, I just, I, I love, you know, you hear the you've got mail. And I'm just like, God, this brings me back. This was, like, what I would do. I'd get home from school. Bam. Um, I feel like this movie, though, is broken down into, like, three parts. Like, the first part of the movie is a rivalry. It's like, he works for Fox Books. She owns Shop Around the Corner. And they're going to duke it out over, like, which bookstore can stay in town. Mm-hmm. And then, like, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting because the movie then, like, there's certain parts where it almost feels like an act break, like a play. Because then it's, like, once he sees her and she doesn't know him, that feels like its own section. And then, like, the last 30 minutes are a totally different movie where he's, like, just budding up to her and, like, right. trying to win her over. It's... I, I don't... It makes the movie feel really long, but I also really find it comforting at the same time that it's, I like... It keeps changing. The movie keeps changing parts. And I... You know what? I also just love... Okay, at the shop around the corner, it just reminds me... I used to work a lot of retail, and you do really just, like, buddy up to the people you're working with. So you love Steve Zahn's character, and then... What does Birdie do? The older woman. I, I totally... She's, like, the accountant. And she obviously knew her mother. Um, and... Then we've got Heather Burns. Heather Burns, who's hilarious. And I love how she immediately, she's like, obviously fills in Heather on like this blossoming emotional affair. And she says, you know, is it infidelity if you're just involved in email? We just, we just email. And she's like, well, have y'all had cyber sex? And she's like, no, or whatever. And, um, <laughs> That they just talk books, music, life, or whatever. Non-specific. Yeah, she's like, don't do it. They'll lose respect for you. <laughs> yeah, don't do not do the cyber sex. Uh, so she's obviously had cyber sex. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I just love her character. And um, at one point, I guess, Birdie's like, I tried to have cyber sex, and it, like, what did she say? It, like, I got kicked off. Oh, or, it kept freezing or something? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I like her character. I think she's... I don't know. She's just kind of funny. Well, in the beginning, he says this thing about, like, if I knew you, I would buy you a a, pe- a newly sharpened pencil a bouquet. bouquet of pencils. Yes. Yeah. 
which they just, there was this bookstore during COVID times that offered that and they sold out. They did a whole You've Got Mail line of products. Oh my god! And you could buy a bouquet of newly sharpened pencils and it like sold out instantly. <gasps> what? Wait, what How you... adorable. <laughs> Wait, who did this? That's adorable. It was some, I, I can post a link on our Instagram, but it was uh, an independent bookstore. Hmm. Which, you know, this also kind of reminds you of like, the fondness of an independent bookstore. You know, I love Skylight Books in Los Feliz, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I'm not going to lie. I love the smell of a Barnes & Noble. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> Like, everyone has, like, their like their Barnes & Noble, which is, yeah. sounds dumb because it's a chain. Yeah. But also, like, Barnes & Nobles are now facing the fate of the shop around the corner. Like, they're yeah. all I know. But, like, mine was always the the Barnes & Noble at the Grove in L.A. It's got three levels. I, like, I can remember just, like, sitting in the, like, the aisles and reading books. Like, But there is something about the smell of walking in and you're, like, just flooded with the smell of, like, brand new books. I don't know. There's, it's yeah. just like a, it's like a, it's, I don't know, it's comforting. And then you can get, like, a pretty shitty, uh coffee cake <laughs> it's just like yeah. yogurt and then a coffee and you'll just sit around and you'll just wander around and look at flip through books all day I don't know that it I have to say that back in the day I used to do that a lot like in high school like you know go study at Barnes and Nobles I don't know it was a thing so it is kind of sad to think about like all those shutting down because of you know COVID and all I know that. I just yeah. bought books from book soup because I was trying to support local yeah nice. I, well, we finally have their meet cute, you know. Well, we, we figure out, obviously. Oh, wait, I do want to say, there's a great thing, too, in the beginning, that Cranberry song playing where it's just Dreams. showing them. <laughs> no, so it's... good. But it's like there's a, it shows how, how they're constantly passing each other in New York, but they don't know each other yet. And then later, they're constantly passing each other in New York, but they know each other and they're avoiding each other. So and great. then, like, in yeah. the third part, they're constantly passing each other, but this time they're friends. It's like a, there's a great callback to it's it. It's just New York is how, you know, there's yeah. this amazing energy to it that I wish I lived in New York. What also, what is it? I think we've discussed this in uh, podcast episodes before, Jess, that like some of these movies that are in New York where it's like people keep running into each other and it's like. We live in these huge cities. I never run into the same person, like, ever. <laughs> no, I would I, have to, like, if I was in a yeah. rom-com in L.A., it would be like, okay, I need to stalk their social media I and then get a general <laughs> right? consensus of where they are every day, because otherwise it would never happen. Yeah, it's like... No, I, there are people I know who live, who I used to work with, who, like, live in my area. I have never run into them at the grocery store. Yeah. And there are not that many grocery stores. Like, that's crazy. It's it's weird. It's it's a movie life thing where it's like, really? Y'all are but I feel like New York is different. I feel like I've heard... I, I've never lived there. So <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I have a romanticized version. But I feel like people say that where you're always running into people in New York. Because everyone walks everywhere. Right. Mm, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> don't I, ruin I, this idea for me. <laughs> so they finally have their meet cute, right? Because... Tom Hanks is now taking who we find out is his aunt, who is about seven years old. What? And then his brother, who's like, what, five? Because we find out his grandfather clearly married some lady and had a baby with her. You know, he's like a 70-year-old, 80-year-old dad. So this uh, child is now his aunt. (laughs) 
I don't know. I, I like. I, just, I don't remember that small detail. So when they have this meet cute and they decide to wander into the shop around the corner bookstore, and she's like, "That's my, that's my nephew or whatever." I thought she was just joking around, and I was like, "Oh shit!" This <laughs> was very popular at this time to point out the fact that everyone was getting remarried. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because then they do the same thing on Modern Family, where it's like Gloria is her stepmother, but she's younger than her. I oh yeah, I guess. I mean, I. God, I haven't seen that in so long. But um, <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny at first. I just thought it was just him, like, joking around. And um, so they've wandered into the bookstore. I guess they're just having this cute little, you know, day outside. And they, they wander into her bookstore, and she's doing story time. And I love that they're kind of having this moment at the cash register. And... That's when we first find out, you know, Fox gets dropped. She's like, oh, they're, they're starting a Fox books or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, coming just around the corner. Right. And the little girl's getting ready to blow, you know, the cover or whatever. And he, like, covers her mouth and he pushes them to the side. And he's like, don't listen to anything I say or whatever. <laughs> and he clearly doesn't want her to know. You know, there's, like, a little bit of a flirtatious vibe. Um, right. I also just love his his introduction to her store is like, how much are these books? <laughs> yeah. Like, he buys those books and it comes up to $73, and he's looking at, like, the the used version of something, and he's like, is that why it costs so much? And Steve Zahn's like, no, that's why it's, why it's worth, worth so much. much. I think it was <laughs> so Smith Family Robinson is what he was looking at. Yeah, so there's yeah. definitely, like, this, this, he's the Barnes and Noble where everything is a discount. Right. He doesn't oh, understand this. When they show the Fox books like being put together and like he's doing a walkthrough with Dave Chappelle, I think, and they wheel in one of those like 30% off. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I remember those stickers. <laughs> Literally, if you walk into a Barnes and Noble, like that That's is what you see. Every, like, everywhere. Uh, That's so true. Oh, I do love also when they're meet cute. She brings up the idea of a handkerchief. Oh yeah, because she's charming. She's enchanting, and she's like, it's got it's got a daisy on it because daisies are my favorite flowers, which come back later. Yes, it's sweet, you know. And then he he clearly, I and then Steve Zahn is like, what is he? I guess because he kind of catches on to the flirting. He's like, so I guess you're gonna be back or something like that. And he was like, yeah. And he was like, so then we're gonna be okay with Fox Books or whatever. Like we're gonna have a returning customer, and that's. That's maybe, I guess, when the ball's almost dropped that he... Yeah, is. well, the kid keeps spelling right. Fox. Yeah, F-O-X. F-O-X. Yeah, and she's like, can you spell... X? Yeah. And then the part with the fish, where he, he gets a balloon stuck in the door, and he's like, thank God it wasn't the fish. <laughs> I mean, he's so charming in this he's movie. Charming. I will say, this is a movie where I don't think that there's a villain... Right? But I could, I think there is a way to argue, not that I would necessarily take the stance, but that Joe Fox is the villain of the movie. Because he does find out very, very early on what their actual dynamic is. And then continue, then in the third act, when they're like buddy buddy, like he's fully manipulating the situation. Definitely. So I will, there are moments in this movie where like I'm fully charmed by Tom Hanks. And then there are other movies where like he's, he's the villain. (laughs) (laughs) He's definitely the villain, but they redeem him in a lot of ways because he, because he has that moment with his dad where he realizes that like his dad has never been happy and then he's going to try to be, you know, like, so there's, there's, I think he's a villain by not knowing better. 
Like, he was raised to be this way. It's not personal. It's business. Well, there's also a couple points, you know, where he's being a little bit of a smartass that I took notes of later on. But Well, he's celebrating when, like, that one independent bookstore goes under. Yeah, I mean, there's some moments where you're just like, okay, okay. But, you know, you, you hear about people like that who are, like, own those kind of chain places and stuff. You have to have a little bit of, um... You have to be a little cold because you have, you have to, to be, be a, a sociopath. Type, you have to be the <laughs> yeah. type of person who could be like, you're fired and I know next week is Christmas, but <laughs> figure it out. Happy holidays. You know, I, I would also be able to do it. Sleepless in Seattle, I would say, is the same way. There's no villain. Yeah. No, Sleepless in Seattle is just a perfect Because especially when you get to the breakups. Like in Sleepless in Seattle, the breakup between her and Bill Pullman is so amicable. Mm-hmm. And the breakup here between her and Greg Kinnear... Later on, yeah. Could not it's, go better. It's, it's amazing. Uh- <laughs> I, it is a dream breakup, you know. So They're both in love with other people. That's great. <laughs> it works like, out. So no one's upset about it. There's one part, I guess, where, he, where she's talking to Heather, you know, because they're starting to get a little worried about Fox Books, you know. And what is Heather Burns' character's name? I don't, I just wrote down. I cannot remember. I can't remember. I remember well, <laughs> I just love that she drops this line where she goes, I'm going to have to quit. I'm going to have to quit my part-time job and move <laughs> to Brooklyn. And then, like, and, wow. And then, and then you hear... Steve Zahn, he was like, "Oh yeah, rent control, six rooms for four fifty a month." I'm like, "That's not a thing anymore." <laughs> Her name is Christina. Yeah. I will say, I my mom uh, moved to New York in the seventies, and like I I was born in New York and then moved oh to LA God. when I was four. Uh-huh. But so we lived on the Upper West Side in the apartment that she moved in to in the seventies, and it was rent controlled. But when she first and now since we've moved, they've sold it. It's like a condo building; they go for over four thousand a month. But when like when she first moved in, it was three rooms. And four fifty a month. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Six rooms though for four. I was like, man, That's th- a lot. think about it. Like, if you went to like, I don't even think you could rent a parking spot in Brooklyn for four fifty. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, like, you maybe could- trash pickup. I, I don't know. know. I mean, it's just like what. Then they have their second meet cute where they meet at the party. What party is yes. this exactly? That why- it's the one that Patricia said earlier. It's like a black tie, right? Something. Who knows? But they're both, like, influential enough to go to this party. Yeah. Where they're where the party, they're serving caviar and they're caviar serving, like, whole turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> He's being a little bit of a prick, though. This is when I was getting a little, you know. This I think he gets defensive. Time. I think he doesn't want to be the villain. And he knows now the truth is going to come out, so he's got, like, his hackles up. Yeah, he's at first he's trying to, like, right. avoid her at the party. He sees her, and he's like, oh, yeah, bye. And then he's like, got to go to my date, you know, and it was kind of, like, trying to avoid her. Caviar as a garnish has to be the most memorable lineup from this movie. Amazing. <laughs> and he's just scooping it. Scoops it all up. <laughs> and then when they're fighting, she's taking it off his plate and putting it back on the on the mother plate. <laughs> what about the fact when she has, like, the turkey carving knife? Like, I love she's holding a knife yeah. to <laughs> point it at him. Because when Greg Kinnear comes up and finds out it's Joe Fox, he, he like, takes the knife away really quietly yeah. and, like, puts it down. I will say, Greg Kinnear is, like, a terrible... He's he's not a terrible boyfriend in this movie, and I feel like you don't see that a lot in rom-coms, where it's, like, he's not mean. He's not terrible. He's just not, like... Interesting. Very interesting. Well... He does immediately. Well, Parker Posey shows up, and she's like a huge fan of his, like some piece he wrote, right? Yeah, he he mm-hmm. writes for the Observer, and he's she, the he's the what is it foremost living expert on Ethel and Julius Rosenberg, right? Sure, 
You know, and so, but there, and she's, you can just tell that Meg Ryan doesn't give a shit about whatever he's written, you know, and then, like, Tom Hanks is kind of like, okay. I love when they're starting to walk away after they've met, and they're, like, holding hands, and it's, like, a long, like, their arms, like, outstretched as they part. Did y'all notice that? Like, it's, like, a shaking hand. They don't let go, and, like, arms, like. Oh, my gosh. It's, like, they have to be pulled away, and I was, like, oh, of course. It's just going to work out that way, right? Right. They're going to be attracted to each other's boyfriend and girlfriend. That's how life but they works. weren't. They they end up not. He ends up yeah. being interested in that um, talk show host. Yeah, who is a step down, I think, in my opinion. I, don't, I, that, <laughs> I can't remember what that actress is from, but... Frasier. Okay, well, I think Parker Posey. I, I love Parker Posey. I think she's I adore love her. Parker she's Posey. amazing. I love, he says, um, she plays Patricia, and Tom Hanks goes, Patricia makes coffee nervous. <laughs> no, there's great. there's so Such many lines line. in this movie that I'm just like they're they're a part of me I feel like yeah <laughs> so they they've got their their cute little moments there and then I died because it cuts to him writing an email to her and the title of his email is in case you are wondering I'm not perfect and I just was like that was like the sub- <laughs> that was the subject line and then he's just going on and on and on and I just was like, could you imagine getting an email from someone that just was like, in case you were wondering, I'm not perfect. <laughs> like you just assumed, I thought that you thought like, I was perfect. And this the was subject line confirmed. I know, <laughs> just like because especially because we had just seen him acting like such a, you know, at the at this party. So I immediately like froze the frame and I was like, what? And I took a I took a photo of this email because it kind of cracked me up. He's basically talking about how, oh, here it is. In case you're wondering, I'm not perfect. Do you ever feel you become the worst version of yourself? That a Pandora's box of all the secret hateful parts, your arrogance, your spite, your condescension has sprung open? And so, I mean, I guess he's He's Mr. Of, Zinger. He's starting to kind of, I guess he, maybe he realized he was right. acting like a jerk at the party. And yeah, he feels bad because he said everything he wanted to say. And she feels bad that she couldn't think of what she wanted to say in the moment. Right. Which is such a relatable thing. I remember, like, I think the first time I saw this movie and, like, finally got it, her, like, difficulty with coming up with, like, the right thing to say to someone who's basically a douchebag in the moment, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still like, have that. <laughs> I still am trying to figure it out. Like, Isn't it the It feels worst? like a very female thing, too. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, I, I feel like we've all been there, and then you always... Like, you know, the next day you're in the shower. You've got, like, a full just, like, laundry list. <laughs> of everything that you should have said. And you're just, like, always like, oh, if I could say it, you know. And what I should have said is this, <laughs> you know. And I've, I've it's funny because, like, I, I did have an ex that I was, like, if he messages me again, you know, I'm going to tell him it's fine. I've been disrespected by better people. And then the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to just let him know. And then finally he was like, he sent me something and he was like trying to apologize for all that. And it was like, you know, don't worry about it. It's fine. I've been disrespected by better people. And I was like, yes, I got to fuck. Yes. <laughs> that shut him up. It actually didn't shut him up. But that's, you know, <laughs> but it felt great to say it. Yeah. 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 Because I think you're right. I think a lot of times we don't say what we want to say. And this kind of comes back later on in the movie. Um, well, and she asked him for help, and this is where we get the the great Godfather joke. Oh yes, where he he started quoting the Godfather at the their like party meet, cute, mm-hmm. and then he says that she should go to the mattresses, and he does this big long Godfather thing, and then when Frank comes home, she's like, "I've decided to go to the mattresses." Do you know what that means? <laughs> 
And he's like, yeah, it's from The Godfather. <laughs> it's like, it's a great, like, uh, uh, three joke, three step joke there. Well, Maggie, I saw All your, men know The Godfather. Yeah. I saw your tweet the other day, Maggie, about where you're talking yes. about it. <laughs> Please, um. Yeah, I, you know, it's like, it, you, you have, when I reached my second glass of wine, <laughs> mid, mid-movie mid on the rewatch, I did, I have some qualms that I had to address the masses with, which was, it, it literally was that scene where he's typing the Godfather email, and I was like, Nora Ephron really created some false expectations for us um, <laughs> in this movie, when she showed us a man who responds to text conversations in full paragraph form, <laughs> and not just single word answers like, yeah, or fair. The amount of times I've gotten some variation of, like, someone... Usually a man telling me what I've said already is true. Like, yes. is great, cool, this is a wonderful... Like, I do think that there will be an Instagram reboot of this movie one day. Oh, you're so right. <laughs> like, they will, like, you've got DMs, ah! but, like, <laughs> which doesn't have the same ring, but you know it's going to happen. But I'm, like, I will be appalled if there is an action, if they do a text version of this movie and the guy's, like, tap, tap, tapping away. I was, like, he will, du- <laughs> he will double tap like your message, and that would be the end of the movie. I know, it's just, yeah. like, leave you on red, you know, just something. It's just... Uh, it, as they're typing, I was even, as I was watching it, I thought of you, Maggie. I was like, oh, I bet this is the scene she was thinking of. Because he's, he's writing a freaking novel. And I was like, "Yeah, they're IMing at this point. This is like the first time they're IMing and it's like exciting. And here he is IMing her like it's an email. It's, <laughs> it's just like a long letter. And then also I have to say, I want to know, have you all seen The Godfather? Because I've never seen The Godfather I saw it uh-huh. in film school, um, and I don't remember it at all. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I watched it, like, I've definitely seen it all the way through, at least, like, from start to finish once, but throughout just, like, childhood, it was always on, like, AMC, or okay. so, so, like, you just turn on the TV, and for some, one of the Godfathers would be playing. I feel like <laughs> in senior year of high school, I started to read it randomly i don't know oh wow. i don't know why and so i feel like i remember it was like a it was maybe it started out at a, at a wedding or uh, that like, sounds right yes. yeah okay yeah. yeah and i didn't get that far into it um because i think then we got hit with some required reading and i was like, i'm gonna put this aside but it's, it's just, very long <laughs> but but I, I you know i know i need to watch the movie i know it's a classic um so i have well no and also for as far as, like, him writing these long responses, this is a remake of another movie or inspired by or whatever you want to say, The Shop Around the Corner, where they're pen pals, so they are writing right. long letters. I think we got to bring it back. I think we got to bring it back. <laughs> like, we're in a pandemic. Everyone's locked down already. Get out a pen and paper. <laughs> I love it. I think it would be great. I mean, like, support the mail. Just put all Hinge profiles should just have P.O. boxes attached to <laughs> Send me snail mail. I think that would be so <laughs> yeah. sweet. I'd love to get a letter in the mail. That would be fun. I feel like when I was a kid, especially around the time this came out, those were the bar and bat mitzvah party years for me. I got, <laughs> in elementary school, I'd get so excited to come home to see if I got like a birthday party invitation in the mail. But my God, during the bar and bat mitzvah years, it was like, did I get a bar and bat mitzvah invitation? Because they were always <laughs> so fancy and like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I remember that. I went to, in fifth grade, we all, like, did a camp. Like, our whole fifth grade class went to camp class and for a week. It was so fun. 
and you could write letters, like your parents could write you a letter that you'd get there. And my mom told everybody that they had to write me a letter. So like every night I was at camp class and like no one got letters and I'd get like 50 letters oh. from random people. Oh of course, God. I later found out it was because my parents were getting divorced and she was like overcompensating oh. <laughs> because they told me when I got back, but it was very exciting. I loved camp letters too. Oh man. Right? I, I just want to go back to being a kid. Maggie, I think you're right. We should put that on our dating profiles. I think so. Like, run out of P.O. Box. Just, like, send me some... Let me see what you got. Because if I have to have the same, like... What if, what's new? Uh, like, nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing is new. Can I just... Um, and nope, nothing personal. It should be, like, in this movie. Yeah, just talk just about Just random books, conversation. Movies, music. Because that is how you know if you have chemistry with someone, right? Like, yeah. if you can have a conversation about these School supplies in the fall. If you were just, like, if it flows like that, that's the best thing ever. I don't think you can ask for anything better than that. And it's really... I have found... It is very hard to find that through these apps because, like Baggy was saying, it just becomes like a, hey, what's up? How's your quarantine going? And it's like, oh, this is fucking boring. Can we talk about, like, what your favorite movie is or, like, yeah. music? How about right. – let's talk about childhood trauma. No, just <laughs> <laughs> trauma bonding. Like, just so I can gauge, like, what levels we're both at. I know, right? Like, uh, you know, but – so it's sweet to see that, but it's so funny because then he drops the do you think we should meet? And you can tell he's a little nervous about doing it. Like, is he going to delete it? And he finally, it's just like, oh, shit. They're going to take this affair to the next level because now it's not going to just be emails, right? So, yeah. you know. This scene it always always breaks my heart a little bit. It, her in it. When they, when they go to meet and he shows up with Dave Chappelle and he has Dave Chappelle look. And there's that. She kind of has the coloring like Kathleen Kelly. <laughs> and if you don't like Kathleen Kelly, you're not going to like this girl. So I remember that scene very vividly when he says that. Um, yeah. Wait, but wait. Did we already miss the grocery scene? Because I just wanted to point something out. Right oh, now. I hate the grocery. Oh, that is the I, one I fast forward through every year I watch this. I hate that scene. I love it only for the reason. So that that grocery store, Zabar's, was like our neighborhood grocery store when I was a baby oh, really? in New York. Yeah. So like my mom used to, I don't remember any of this, of <laughs> course, but I like when I watch it, I'm like, that's where we used to get the butternut squash ravioli that I used to eat when I didn't have teeth yet. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I, okay. First of all, I'm watching the scene and all of a sudden somebody in the background, one of the extras, I swear to God, I thought it was the singer Darlene Love, who I love so much. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, was she just bored that day? And I was like, I kept rewinding. But so the cashier, Rose, I immediately was like, she looks so Who later cool. goes on to be on Grey's Anatomy. Thank you. And I never watched Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Really? She's Callie on Grey's Anatomy. Oh. oh. Two, that, and so this was her first role ever. I looked it up on her IMDb, and I was like, this is her first role. And then she goes on to be on 241 episodes of Grey's Anatomy. And I never watched Grey's Anatomy, but I was like, I know this actress. Why? Why do I know this actress? And I want to say she was like a Broadway singer, too, but I am not positive. uh, But I just... That to me was exciting because I'm like, but that scene it stresses me out. Everyone is so mean to her. The guy is so mean to her who's like freaking out. She so she basically is in a cash only line and she has a credit card and she doesn't realize it and she has no cash because who carries cash? Yeah. Um, 
I love nowadays with the pandemic that people are like, don't give us cash. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. I don't want to Clorox my bills. I know. These are credit-only stores now. But I literally um, have cash on the floor, like, to <laughs> disinfect I mean, that I had to use for a car wash. Like, There's a coin shortage now because of all this. Oh, I didn't know so that. So weird. Yeah, if you go to a store, they're like, we can't give you change because there's a coin shortage in America. Do we it's have strange. It? But, um, so weird. but everyone's so mean to her. I just don't like why. I, I think maybe part of why I love this movie is because there's no villain. And I guess I would say if there is a villain, it's Rose and the guy who's behind her who will not stop giving her shit when it's like, what you, it's going to be more time consuming for her to put all of her groceries back and have to like try to, be, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. calm down everybody. Yeah. It's, it's, she also, I didn't understand why Tom Hanks, when he convinces Rose to just take the credit card, she's all sweet. But then you're right. Because he's sudden, a hot man with confidence. All, but then all of a sudden she looks back at Meg Ryan like she's a disease. And I just was like, yeah, I guess. Right. But I did have a roommate who told me how stressful grocery shopping is in New York, who told me that her and her roommate, like just the Trader Joe's, I think she lived in Brooklyn, uh, that she, like, at, I'm almost positive, but she said that they would have to go and one of the roommates, either her or roommate, would go and do all the shopping while the other one immediately went to get in line because the line to check out was an hour long. Because they're so small. And she was like, it was so stressful, but it would be like one person had the list and one person was the person who'd sit in line. I'd rather be the shopper, but that's just my... Yeah, I like... Yeah, same. I like... Especially now, too, like pandemic shopping i'm also very annoyed because like i just stopped being afraid of going to the grocery store (laughs) and now we're back to square one but i truly have gotten really into power shopping where like i fully know the out like i know the layout of my trader joe's and i'm like all right yogurt chips (laughs) cheese you've got your your routine like you right oh yeah Except- I'm always self-checkout. That's how I've made it through the pandemic at Ralph's because the lines are so long and, true. like, nobody gets in the self-checkout line for some reason. I think they get scared to touch the computer screen and stuff. Yeah, but no one I ain't scared. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that... I got Clorox. I'm fine. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing. But, yeah, so that is a weird scene, but... Um, I hate that scene. It, yeah, but I, I just had to point that out about an actor. He rescues her. I just... The one definite villain. But, but, <laughs> but we're watching a future actress, her dream coming true, right? That's that's what's cool, is there was her first... That's probably when she became SAG-eligible, and then little does she know, a couple years later, she's going to get her series regular. I love it. I like to see that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so, so they meet. Yeah, they he, meet. Well, he's going to leave her. He's going to stand her up. That's what he tells Dave Chappelle. And then he ends up going in there. And she's got her little pride and prejudice with the rose in it. It's this sweet. is something, um, but watching this scene, like, I guess I just never picked up on the Pride and Prejudice themes in it. Like, I remember that she loved Pride and Prejudice because mm-hmm. she's a lady who likes books. <laughs> we get it. Of course she does. But, like, it re- they really are Elizabeth yeah. Bennet and Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy. And, like, he has a line, I think, in this. It might, it might not be the same, but he's like, what was it? Like, she's too proud and he's too prejudiced. Or maybe she's too prejudiced and he's too <laughs> proud. And, I, honestly, I was like, that explained that book more than any <laughs> lit class I ever took. 
There's a great, at the, in the Kieran Knightley Pride and Prejudice, which is one of my favorite movies, and I've seen it so many times during oh, quarantine. This is, um, I have a painting behind me of Tom Wom's games from Succession, which is Matthew McFadden. Yes! Yes, that blew my mind. <laughs> when I realized that, that by the way, on like one of these viewings during pandemic, that it was the guy from Succession, I was like, what? I'm so attracted to him. Not in succession. <laughs> Can I just say that I thought that was John Hamm from Mad Men. <laughs> Honestly, so I got this for Christmas. A, a friend of mine gave it to me. And I like when I opened it, I was like, why did you get me a painting of Steve Carell from The Office? <laughs> okay. Well, so, but, I, but I haven't seen succession. So I wouldn't, know, you know what I mean? I just well, so in, in that Pride and Prejudice, they, there's a line when she's talking to Donald Sutherland at the very end where she's like, I've been too proud and he's been too prejudiced or whatever. And I remember watching it being like, I get it. Whoa. <laughs> you really have to tell me the title for me to get it. Yeah. <laughs> but that, all that said, like, this is the first time I've, I've been like, oh, wow, this is also worked in there which is what i really yeah i really love i've gone deep into rom-com reading over the pandemic and my favorite is love to hate and i think that is what gives this movie a little bit of an edge over sleepless in seattle is i love the the banter i love Mm -hmm. them hating each other and then falling in love which is what is so great about pride and prejudice too Mm. right yeah that they have that whole thing where they have to overcome like this rivalry and I also want to say, I just think it's so funny that there's a bunch of kids picketing outside the Fox books, you know, like, being yeah. like I just was thinking about it. I was like, I can't imagine being five, six, seven, eight years old and actually lasting more than five minutes chanting and holding a sign. I'd be like, Mom, I want to go home. Like, yeah. Or can we go? It's time to, to call a quiz. Yeah, I'd be like, can we go? To, I, like, I'm sad about the bookstore, but can we go to like the actual bookstore and go play or something? Um, those but are, so like, he does go in and he... Kids. He ends up taunting her and making her feel worse. And that's the part that always breaks my heart when she's like, I beg of you, please leave. And she just seems like she's about to cry. And he goes and sits behind her. And that's, I mean, it's so great with the, when he's like in her compact and she closes it. and Because this is the before the days that you can't, this is before the days of being able to pull up your phone and look at something while you're waiting. She's literally right. stuck there by herself. The only thing she can do is pull out her compact and powder. And every guy around. who walks in, she lo- I love when the guy comes in and he's like in a in a magic cape and hat. <laughs> <I'm gonna> say, <laughs> the, the fucking magician. And he's like yeah. he's like, You don't think that's him, huh? Or whatever. Oh my I God. also oh. salute her in this scene. She's shown the guy the waiter comes up and he's like, Do you want another cup of tea? I was like She's on tea? I, I would be half a bottle of wine deep at this waiting for this person. Like what's the point at that point? Unless you're wearing a wristwatch. I mean, how can you really measure time? Because you know, sometimes if you're waiting for something, minutes can seem like hours. I guess right. you'd have to find a clock somewhere. But it'd be like, when is your finally your cue to be like, I'm gonna get up, this person's not coming. And I, it's she I don't know, it's sad to watch that scene happen and he finally um, he gets well, she has that funny thing though, where she's like, "There's a whole, there's a whole generation of cocktail waitresses named Kimberly," or what, like her weird monologue about that. Oh, that they don't have a, that they don't yeah. have last names. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, but then he, there's that moment where she gets sincere and she's like, "No one will remember you, and maybe no one will remember me, but they'll remember my mother." And they, people thought her store was something special, and you're nothing but a suit. Oh, yeah. She finally says it. And then she goes home and she writes an email about it because she then feels bad, right? Right. But she 
this is obviously before catfish. This is the time where somebody stood you up. It's like, what happened? (laughs) Like, she doesn't, she doesn't have a photo and it's not like, it probably didn't cross her mind. Hey, he probably, that might've been some kind of a freak. That might've been like in, you know. Which she says the next day. Like, maybe he got maybe, stuck on the subway. Maybe he's in a but, coma. Maybe he's, right. he, his arms can't reach. I love but, Steve Zahn's like, maybe he's the rooftop killer. I know. Yeah, when he pulls, yeah. But he pulls out the newspaper to tell her that. Right. Because like he was captured two blocks away. So, like, so he couldn't call. <laughs> I actually have a really funny story. So one of my old roommates, one of my close friends, was dating this guy. And they were like hitting it off, whatever. And then he was – he actually – left town to go see his family and he was going to work. He was like in construction. He was going to be working on some job. They're texting, they're texting. All of a sudden he stops replying. And she's like, I think he fucking ghosted me. He literally three months later (laughs) messages her and he, and this is legit. He was not lying. He like sent proof. He had fallen off of a ladder and was like in a, like an induced coma because he had like this horrible like head injury and all this stuff. And it was like, Something horrible actually happened to this guy, and that's why he like stopped messaging oh her. My God. I thought for like, sure you were gonna say he was arrested and he got out of jail right, three months yeah. later. <laughs> no, he was like he, something horrible happened, and he was in the hospital, and he was like, "I just want to apologize," like you know. And she was like, "Is this for real?" And he like sent pictures, and she was like, "Oh my god, Dang. yeah." So, but yeah, I do love that they that there was never once an option like, "Hey, this guy might even be fake. It might be like a." 60 year old you know disgusting man living in a basement that doesn't you know right yeah it was never like this is a catfish but the rooftop killer thing killed me i was like <laughs> he pulls out it's a headline he's like hey man i'm just saying the rooftop killer could be well she's like he's not the rooftop killer and they're like but what about the time you thought frank was the unabomber oh i love that too <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, no brian's like this is different like, <laughs> it's great it's great because um so she writes him and I have to say the one thing that like I just my heart when she's emailing him to be like I know there must have been a reason why you weren't there she's like the odd thing about this form of communication is you're more likely to talk about nothing than something but I just want to say that all this nothing has meant more to me than so many somethings so thanks like I just I burst into tears (laughs) I'm just like I just want to like I just want to hug her because yeah. she's still just like, I know something must have happened. And, you know, and you're also just like, oh, man, like, that sucks. Because it's, it, that kind of thing feels kind of rare, right? That kind of a connection. Yeah. And well, so, and like, the fear, too. Like, she says, what if he saw me and he left? Oh. Which yeah. is kind of what happened. Yeah, but but for <laughs> a different reason. We know it's not because she's not. I know. And then his apology right. is him just being like, I'll tell you one day what happened. Yeah. I would not accept that. Like, I, I, well, I probably would still content, can continue to talk to this person. Yeah. Like, who am I kidding? But I would probably be like, I would email at least all of my friends and be like, <laughs> yeah, so he said that he would tell me one day? Like, it's <laughs> like, is that okay? Yeah, no, Maggie, I'm right there with you. Where I'd be like, it no. is like denial, though. She she kind of brushes past it and doesn't face the fact. Because then, like, right. Heather Burns is like, well, did he say anything about meeting again? And she's like, no. And then she says, what if we're just going to write letters back and forth for the rest of our lives like um, something Campbell and somebody, I don't know, somebody (laughs) published correspondence between them. Um, And again, you know what? And she's okay with that. that, But I was just getting ready to say, 
to have something like that is special even if it's just an yeah. on, if it's just an online friendship i have some some friends on like um you know twitter and also instagram that are just like friends that i love to talk to and we've never met in person you know but they're like people i've met through different like meme accounts or Celine Dion fan accounts. <laughs> One of my favorite friends, he's this guy in France, and we talk all the time. He's hilarious. Um, but yeah, like, but none of these romantic, obviously. But still, when she's talking about all these nothings meaning something, it's that, it's that like, oh, this could be something. This could be romantic. And that sucks that she's like, but it's okay. I'll take what I can get. Like, if we're just going to be. Right. Well, because she's also closing the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So she's got a lot going on. So then we we have the scene where she's going out on a date with Greg Kinnear. They go to the movies, and I just want to say that, that they're, I hear that song. It's like, let's go to the, I don't know, let's all go to the lobby or whatever. Yeah. That they play at the Los Feliz 3. And somebody's <laughs> like, because they're talking, and somebody's like, can you quiet down? And he's like, there's a hot dog singing. Like, why do I need to quiet down with the hot dog singing or whatever? They, they get in a fight-ish, and they leave, you know. And this is when they go and have their... Breakup. Easy, easy breakup. Who could ask for a better breakup than this? It's a fantastic breakup. <laughs> just laughing. Just, you don't love me anymore? And Greg Kinnear doesn't even respond. Like, he just, he, like, awkwardly shakes his head. And she's like, like I don't love you either. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oh my okay, God. <laughs> he's like, and it's so easy. And then he's like, she's like, is there someone else? And he's kind of like, no, but I mean, maybe that girl at the news station or whatever. And she's, he's like, is there someone else for you? And she's like, no, but there's the dream of someone else. There's and then the they dream cut- of someone else. That always gets me, too. Uh, and then they cut back to that song that they had already played earlier that makes you want to just rip your heart out. Um, the soundtrack to the, the soundtrack and the score oh, the of this soundtrack? movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it, manipulative. <laughs> it's uh, Remember. By uh, Harry Nelson. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. That song. Because there's one part also where she's decorating the tree and it's playing that. Yeah. And she's talking about... She's watching everybody being merry and jolly, and she's just like, I'm missing my mother so much I can't breathe, you know, and she's like at the store that's closed. And I just was like, okay, the goal of this scene was to just make the audience cry. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's throw Well, and I think song. you really get, you know, when, when, especially later when she's like, you know, I hate when people say it's not personal, it's business, because it's personal to me. Mm-hmm. And I think you get that because for Joe Fox, this is, Fox Bookstore's, is like their business where they're, you know, it's like almost conceptual. They're crushing the enemy. They're succeeding, you know, but it doesn't, they're not, they're not book lovers. They're not, the books don't mean anything. The stores don't mean anything. Once one's done, they move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. And you get that like this store is her last connection to her mother. Yeah. And she had this dream that, you know, her mother built the store and left it to her and she'd leave it to her daughter. Yes. And, Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Christmas tree, you know, it feels like she doesn't have a tree in her apartment. She has the tree in the store with all the family ornaments. And it really is just so heartbreaking when the store closes because it is personal to her. It's her home. Yeah, and that even when she first meets Joe and she's talking about how she wants to one day pass it on to his daughter, he's like, how old is your daughter? And she's like, oh, I'm not even married yet. And you're just like, oh, man. Yeah. Man. She's so lonely. I just think yeah. it just it just like it 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 pulled at my heartstrings. I just was like, and then again the music, like that that song, my God! I love and having to-, to leave your store for the last time, where she takes the bell. Right. It always breaks my heart that idea of like she can never go back 
to that store. Yeah. But and then also the the difference between this big store, like a chain, like there's even a part where you see Dave Chappelle and um Tom Hanks and they're walking around. He's like, should I be doing it? And he's like, this is a well-oiled machine. As in like, you don't, what is work at a Barnes and Noble? You know what I mean? Whereas, right, yeah. Whereas somebody who's, she's running it and she knows the books. She cares about it. She cares. There's just this care that you don't get when it's just, uh, you know. And we later see that. Conglomerate. When you when and we see it later when she's actually in the Fox bookstore and a customer is asking one of the Fox books employees, "Who's Christmasina? Christmasina? That <laughs> baby Christmasina? <laughs> wait, who, wait, Christmasina? He is the love interest on the Mindy Project. Okay, I, I I did not watch the Mindy Project, but again, another actor whose dreams came true, <laughs> which I'm here for. I don't even think he's credited in the movie. Really? I, it's, I was it's I was just looking that at the one credits. line. He just like pops in and he like doesn't know where a book is. And I was like, <gasps> oh my God. I know that part when she goes into the bookstore and she starts crying as she's the, the Noah Stratfield and the shoe books and it kills me. And he sees her. He's Joe Fox is watching. And that's, I think that's the same scene where Dave Chappelle's like, what is there to do? This is a well oiled machine. As in, like, that's, this is just, it's boom. We're here, we sell But books. the employees yeah, don't right. know shit about books. Yeah, exactly. There's no personality. It's, and it's like, she knew the books, and he's watching her do this in, like, um, the shoe books. And I, I love how she even is like, but not this one, even though it's my I remember it's those books, by print. the way. Because so, they used to come with charms. I was going to say, they came with the little charms. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I just remember the ice skating book, like, in the book, there was a charm you could take out and, like, put on a necklace, on a necklace. or a charm oh, bracelet right. that was an ice skate. Yeah, the ballet shoes, all of them. Yeah, good marketing. <laughs> do, y'all, do y'all remember what your favorite, like, childhood series were? Like, I was, I loved baby, I loved Boxcar Children, Babysitter's Club, Ghosts Don't Eat Potato Chips, that was, like, a whole line, and they'd be different things, and then, like... Angelina Ballerina was really young. Ooh. But then my favorite, I have to say, that I used to read and reread, besides Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, was... Um, oh, loved those. Wayside School. Yes! Oh, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, Lewis Sacker. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those I are... loved all those Lewis Sacker books. They're so oh. good. I wanted to go to the Wayside School. Oh, totally. How did they not make a movie? I guess it would be kind know. of weird. There's not really one major plot But I feel like you could make an animated movie about it. Yeah. Or like a little cartoon series, right? Maybe there was. I just don't remember. But those, man, I used to just... Uh, yeah. I, I have a niece now, and um, I found an old book. Of, like, my mom, we've been going through storage, and I found all the Jolly Postman. Do you remember those series? Yeah. No. I found all those where you can actually, like, open up the letters at the Postman. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. Those were so fun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want to, because I found the one that's the Christmas one. I was like, I want to read this to Izzy this year. Yeah. Yeah, there's something special about Christmas. I mean, not Christmas. Well, yes, about Christmas, but about children's books. That that's what, and she says yeah. that. She says, yeah. like, when you're a child and you and you read a book, it becomes a part of you in a way that reading never does later. Yeah. Right. That's why Even, she loves selling children's books. Yeah. Like, looking at the shop around the corner, like, watching the like seeing books in the background like there were moments in the movie where i was like oh my god it's miss spider's tea party like (laughs) i remember that one and then there was like Maisie the mouse like i had so many Maisie books what about arthur i mean oh loved arthur i mean how could you not love arthur and the series god but it's so true though like it's it it's different than like a tv show that you used to watch or like um because yeah 
it's there was a book my favorite book when i was a kid is called the lucky yak which is this bonker story about a yak who is so rich he, he like he becomes really successful early in life and then he's bored and he sees a psychiatrist who tells him like <laughs> babysit my kid for a minute and when I get back I'll tell you like what to do with your life and he babysits the kid and it's such a disaster that the yak is like never mind I like being rich and not having anything to do like crazy book but it was my I favorite when I was a kid I love that and it's out of print and for every single baby shower I've been to, for all of my friends, I've ordered them a cop, like a used copy of That's that book. So great. That's where so I'm like, sweet. I don't know if anyone likes this, but I love it. You need to post that picture to the Instagram feed because I'm going to want to remember that one. It's Maybe the best. I had a book. I so we were going through all this old stuff, and I found one that I guess my psychiatrist, child psychiatrist, must have given to my parents, and it's called Shelly the Hyperactive Turtle. <laughs> it's like a book. It's like and like I signed it to myself at the beginning and I wrote, Hi Chloe, I hope your problems get better. Love Chloe. Oh it's, my god. I love baby Chloe. That's it's adorable. So, so sweet. It's so sad. There's one part in the book where you see him and he's he's got an EEG, like where all the little things on his head, he must have been having his brain waves checked. I mean it was clearly a book that's like supposed to give to your kid when they when they want to know why they've been put on Ritalin. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's pretty funny. So, but yeah, the yak book, I, I have to check that out. But, um, <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to die. That is so funny. Like, I, I love all this. So, yeah. I love the scene. I mean, it's so sad, but there's just this one part. So, the lady comes in and she's crying to Meg Ryan about how she's been going to the store forever, right? She's like, your mom gave me a copy of Anne of Green Gables and told me this and this. And she's weeping, and then I hear somebody in the background go, why don't we bomb Fox Books? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Picketing hasn't worked. <laughs> like, yeah, just a little terrorist attack. Sure. Yeah, why not? Just well, there's also that girl earlier who comes in who's an author and says that she'll do her signing there, and then later Birdie sees that she's doing her signing at Fox Books. And yeah. it's like that's the, the sign that it's over. Yeah, yeah. What was the what was the title of that book? Because it was kind of hilarious I don't to remember. me. I, no, I took a picture of it because <laughs> I have it right here. It was the geometry prop, the geometry problem from hell and other catastrophes of my semi life. And she also she's did, a traitor. She also did the algebra <laughs> yeah. hysterics. Yeah, book signing. And she, but Birdie's like it's over. And then again, remember that song is playing, and it's just right. Mm-hmm. When I love, she said Birdie says it's brave to close the store because your dream, you're like thinking of a different life. That that's brave. Yeah. yeah. Birdie's great. Yeah, I know. Birdie. And she dated the what was it? The oh, yeah, he but, ran Spain. Yeah, yeah. I love how she's like, yeah, he ran Spain. He was busy. It didn't. Work it didn't work out. Yeah, out. <laughs> They're like, he ran Spain, like the country. Okay. And then Tom Hanks and Patricia, they get stuck in an elevator together, and that's mm-hmm. where their relationship unravels because. Everyone is like, there's that great moment where it's hours later and they're like, uh, if I ever get out of here, I'm going to call my mother. If I ever get out of here, I'm going to propose. And Parker Posey's like, if I ever get out of here, I'm getting my eyes lasered. (laughs) Priorities, honestly. And then she starts freaking out about her Tic Tacs. Where are my Tic Tacs? I hate the idea of being stuck in an elevator. I think it's happened to me once in my life. Oh, 
I used to be like deathly afraid of elevators. I I lived in a an apartment building with twelve floors like my entire childhood, and I walked up the stairs every day because uh, and it wasn't even like general claustrophobia. It was specifically elevators. They're they're terrifying. Yeah, and I still like I'm way I'm fine in an elevator now, but like there's still a moment where like if it's a pause too long before the doors open, I'm like. Mm. Okay, let's uh, get a move on. Did y'all ever see the video? I think it happened in New York of the guy who was trapped in it for three days. No! That's Why would you nightmare. tell me that? Uh, he, yeah, it's like a video if you look it up and then like it's fucked up because you see that people come and service all the elevators except for his. I think there was a major lawsuit. He could have died, right? I think Jeez, he Yeah. Died. He happened to have... Um, bottled water it's one of the most horrifying things I've, I've ever seen in my life i can't even imagine. i would be petrified i i yeah i wouldn't make it mm-mm, mm-mm. hell no hell no i would have died i would have died in there um, well they break up and then she when they're writing to tell each other all this stuff i do love she says my store is closed and in a week it'll be something really depressing like a baby gap <laughs> <laughs> another chain because yeah she another, hates yeah. chains <laughs> Another chain, and then on top of that, insult to injury, a baby gap, and she's single, no kids. <laughs> it's just... It's too much. It's all too much for Kathleen Kelly. <laughs> yeah. poor girl. Like, I, I know. She says it feels like, feels like my mother has died all over again. Oh. I'm telling and you. And then there's still 30 minutes left in the movie. Because... <laughs> it's the third like, act. It's a they, whole different story now. Because yeah. he knows, she does not... This is when he becomes a full sociopath, but it ends happily. <laughs> well, he has the conversation with his dad where he realizes that his dad has, like, never looked for love, has mm-hmm. never even, like, has only dated women for, like, convenience and hasn't even, like, sought a happy life, and that makes him realize he doesn't want to be like his dad, mm-hmm. and then he starts pursuing Meg Ryan, and he just drops by her apartment with a bouquet of daisies, because daisies pretend- are the friendliest flower. And she's like, I've got a cold, and, like, does, like, this cough on the little machine. It always feels like in the beginning, like, it's a fake cold, and then you realize it's a real cold. And then it becomes a real cold. But then at first, I thought that's what she was doing. Right? I was like, like, oh, could you imagine doing that now and being like, I got a cold. Some of you like, does she have fucking COVID? I know. Like, you can't. (laughs) It's it's been a year of, like, excuses. You can't make excuses anymore. Because, like, (laughs) I'm sick is the top excuse. And now it's like, I'm sick, but... Like, not, not with sick, that. sick. Like, <laughs> I, I, you can't take a sick day anymore. No, but yeah, at first when she did it, because I, I, it's like, again, I haven't seen this movie in so, like, since it came right. out. And I was like, is she about to fake it? Oh my God. It always cold. feels fake. And then you realize she's, like, stuffing tissues into her pocket, that it's yeah. real. Yeah. Also, if, if I was him, I would have been out of that apartment in five minutes. And, like, she's she's clearly ill. Like, <laughs> she's sneezing all over the days. But he comes because he heard she was ill. Yeah. And instead of bringing her soup, he brings her flowers. I guess I didn't hear that she knew that she was ill. I guess that must have, I might have been. So George works at Fox Books now. Mm-hmm. Oh. And George told him that she's sick. Okay, I totally missed that. I might have been. I've seen this stu- 1,000 times. I, I might have been in the middle of, like, typing up a note about something else. that I was like, what? That I missed that little part. But And this is, he's starting. I, I do love the idea that he's like, okay, I fucked everything up. The I, I want to be with her, but first I have to win her over because she, I've ruined her life. Right. So slowly I need to start, like, 
she needs to like me so that when we finally meet, she'll be okay. Yeah, because she is the reason why she's lost her bookstore. Um, so her the charm have is lost on. Their jobs, yeah. you know. So he's got to really try to win her over. But I do think Maggie's right. It is a little sociopathic. I <laughs> Just like a like, teeny bit. But and she it doesn't make. It doesn't make him any less of a more uh, compelling romantic lead. I'm still all in on Joe Fox. Like <laughs> you're still rooting for them, but you're still just like, man, he knows, yeah. and he's and it's I just know, but like, she goes, I can't remember why did you stop by again, and he goes, because I wanted to be your friend. Oh. friend and she's like you're not even my friend it's, it's just, like the sweetest answer you yeah. would never expect a guy to say yeah i mean that's where this movie is like cute and charming i'm very apprehensive of a guy who you know especially in a situation like that that's like suddenly like let's be friends like i have an ex who's like let's well be he friends. wants to be more than friends so and there I'm is like, like more right. to it you know but i'm just saying there's always what's the what's the what's big, the motive what's the big idea but here? the motive is he's in love with her that's true <laughs> I, I still i still was a little you know i'm still a little like hmm that is a little weird that he's just why doesn't he just fucking tell her but you're right and he pushes he keeps pushing for more information about like that guy she was meeting that night which is also kind of a little bit like he knows that she's crazy she's crazy about NY152, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of like a, tell me how great I am, but you don't know that you're <laughs> how great I am. You know what it I mean? It is at a thousand yeah. percent. Like, like, I just want to hear what she has to say about me behind my, like, what would she be telling her friends about, you know? Because who wouldn't want to know if you're like, if you, right. like, you know. But there's like all the cute things. stuff he's putting, he's putting the NY152. One five, whatever. He's putting him down and saying, like, I bet he's married. And I bet he's fat. I bet he, (laughs) all these things. Toying with her because he knows. And it's cute. They're having their little pretzel dates, whatever, where they're sitting on the Yeah, they keep meeting now, but they keep running into each other. But now they say hello and they meet at the farmer's market. And she says, I hope your mango is ripe. (laughs) So they're cute. They're so cute. (laughs) Yeah. They're friends, but he's still milking out this this whole thing, you know? Oh, we find out that she's writing a book. Which is so sweet. Mm-hmm. That always warms my heart. Yeah. Like, and she has that line where she's like, who would have thought? Me? Writing? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh, man. So <laughs> it's it's cute. Like, how many times do you think they met up in person? I mean, there were a couple of different meetings of them. probably like three or four times yeah that's that's yeah. that's a lot of times for him to be pretending he's just laying he's a little around. bit of groundwork <laughs> right yeah <laughs> it's a lot of times of him knowing and not i don't know i don't know and then he sets it up so that they'll have do you want to bump into each other here on saturday for lunch and at the same time he's online saying let's meet saturday after lunch Mm-hmm. Which again, little bit sociopathic, but also <laughs> very cute. So they meet up and they're having their, and he's again still kind of like, what does he say that we'll meet up in something for the rest of our life? You know. And t- oh, oh God, that line. It's uh, it's like I see a movie, get a cup of coffee for as long as we both shall live. Yeah. So right before she goes to <laughs> meet. <laughs> Right before she goes to meet NY152, Tom Hanks walks her to her door and he says this monologue that always kills me where he's like, 
what if I hadn't been Fox Books? What if you hadn't been shopped around the corner and we had just met and I would have asked for your number and I would have, wouldn't have waited 24 hours to call you and yeah, we would have, that whole thing. And it's just... Well, okay, if you were in... Me- obviously for him to say it, he knows that he's getting ready to meet her as NY152 in like, you know, 20 minutes. But he's also like, am I enough? Am I enough as is? Like, like if she knows this guy and she knows me... Is it enough just to be me? I would just be so confused at that point. And I'd be like, is this motherfucker really doing this? He knows I'm getting ready to have my big date. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And now now he's throwing this out. But what about me? I'd be like, my God, you're going to get me all in my head before I meet NY152? Which obviously we find out later is him. But still, I'd be like, man, no, I'm all nervous. And now I'm all confused because maybe I do have feelings for you, which... I don't know. He's being cute. I get it. But it's a little bit. Well, it's not even cute. I feel like it is him being vulnerable. I feel like in that moment, he's really putting himself out there where he says, like, how can you forgive this guy for standing you up and you can't forgive me for putting you out of business? Right. It's a hard thing, y'all. Like, I mean, what what is how would you feel? I don't know if I'd be. But he's putting himself on on the ledge. That's yeah. his vulnerable right. moment of being like, I'm telling you, I really like you, and I fucked up. Yeah. He better... He better. But in a Tom Hanks classy way. He better help her open up a shop around the corner, like in a different yeah. neighborhood. She's going to be writing books. But still, the legacy. Get her an online shop. Yeah. And and I bet on. she'll they write a book. Well. She'll write a book called The Shop Around the Corner about a magical bookstore where yeah. there's twirling. What is she going to do with her days, though? Right. <laughs> I know, but I'm still just like, but, okay. right. Be in love. Everybody, this is Walk just a Brinkley. Shop, shop local, right? <laughs> I just want yeah. to say that because it does rip my heart out to think about this. I'd rather shop at the little shop around the corner. Yeah. At, at Fox Books where they don't know the shoe books. <laughs> Forget that place. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, anyway. So here comes the grand reveal. Oh my God, somewhere over the oh. rainbow, rainbow plays. And that I always Nelson start losing. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Harry Nelson in this movie. But they didn't, I made a joke on Twitter earlier because it cracked me up. They're using a lot of Harry Nelson in this, but there is one song that I guess it's called You're Breaking, You're, You're Breaking My Heart or something. But it's actually the lyrics are You're Breaking My Heart and You're Tearing It Apart, so fuck you. <laughs> it's, like, that's, it's like the first part of the song. And I was like, it's like, you're breaking my heart. Yeah. So fuck you. And I'm like, oh, man, they should have thrown that in here. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be a PG-13 rating. Um, anyway, so she guesses it because of the dog, you guys. Brinkley. Of- Brinkley. Mm-hmm. And then she sees him. And, and then she has him. every emotion on her face. Uh, she, this is where it's like, she's such a good actress. Because <laughs> I cry because of her. Yeah, like, right. the music gets me going. I'm like, get, I'm ramping up. But then when you see her, she's, like, excited, and he does that little half shrug, like, I hope you're not... Is this okay? Yeah, I hope you're not mad. And she's, like, excited, and then she thinks, and then she's sad, and then she starts to cry, and then she, like, starts laughing while she's crying. And it's just, like, every emotion. Can I just say that I got a little frustrated? I was like, kiss already. (laughs) because there was a part where they're just like standing in front of each other i was like this is the this is the longest time people have realized they liked each other and they haven't kissed they're just like examining their face i know and she says i wanted it to be you i wanted it to be you so badly 
Don't. And then he said, don't cry, shop girl. I don't that. And then my laptop is fully covered in tears. <laughs> it's so sweet, you guys. I can't remember. Like, so also, I want to say I was, um, you know, as soon as Somewhere Over the Rainbow started playing, it's kind of funny because throughout the movie, I guess there were a couple times instrumentals. I was like, am I hearing Somewhere Over the Rainbow? Like, I kept hearing, like, if, ha- you know, the part, just like strings or something. So I was like, oh, I wonder if they sampled that throughout the movie. But um, my God, when they they really did some like good work with the soundtrack. I, I feel like back in the day, I don't know if I've really had this experiencing wa- uh, watching movies nowadays, but soundtracks in like the 90s, especially. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Well, Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, don't get me started on that soundtrack. But That's it's the of- same idea. I mean, it's both Nora Ephron, but it's like. The, these two movies are such great companion pieces because they both have these throwbacks to, like, an affair to remember and a shop around the corner. And then they have these throwbacks to these, like, classic songs. And mm-hmm. it's just, they're both, like, they're so yeah. comforting and Ench- charming and enchanting and all those words. It's, yeah, enchanting. The word of the movie. Enchanting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's just, God, the music. And they have a really sweet kiss. And then Brinkley's, like... I hate that the dog jumps all over them because it just feels like a bad training moment where, like, there's a trainer off stage doing something, you know? And it's like, but it's sweet because now the dog's a bit much. They're gonna be, they're (laughs) gonna be a family, and it's great. Yeah. And and then it types out the end. So I know, and much like in Pride and Prejudice, they're gonna be very rich. Yeah. Well, there you go. Money is not gonna be a problem. Nope. But which is which is a great thing in any like rock lining. So she, it's okay that she didn't go, you know, she went out and she's going to write and she's going to, you know, they're going to spend do their his thing. money, spend his money. There you so go. this movie was nominated for one Golden Globe, Meg Ryan. Oh, she got nominated for best um, actress in a comedy or musical and she lost to Gwyneth Paltrow for Shakespeare in Love, who then won the Oscar. You know that I have not seen Shakespeare in Love. There's a lot of movies I have not seen. I will have to say, cause I just... I always kind of stuck to just, like, boy comedies. My God, my mom was obsessed with Shakespeare in Love. It was, like, a movie that hit her at the right time or something. And I remember she saw it so many times in theaters. There would be times she'd pick me up from school and be like, oh, sorry, I'm late. They were showing it again at the theater, so I just stopped real quick. (laughs) Like, she was obsessed with it. That's so cute. I know, for me, it was, like, comedies and, like, scary movies. Or, like, teen, you know, so I missed out on, yeah. you know, I have a lot of rewatch. I need to look at one of those, like, lists that's, like, movies you need to see before you die. Which my dad, I mean, if there was, like, a good drama that he's, like, I'm taking the family to go see this, you know, obviously. Or then my dad is, like, a spaz about, like, all of the classic Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've seen a lot of those, but there's still some that he's like, Chloe, how could you have never seen, you know, Lawrence <laughs> of Arabia? You know what I mean? Like, and I'm just like, hey. I've never seen it. I, you know, it's just like, there's a lot of stuff, you know. But Well, um, I still can't believe yeah. Chloe's never seen Pretty Woman. That's the one that kills me. Whoa. Because <laughs> that um, was like growing up. I mean, I could recite the movie right now to you. I've seen it so many times. It was, it was rated R, you guys. My parents were very <laughs> backwards and that a movie could be rated R and not even be half as bad as a movie that was for some odd reason PG-13 but had worse right. co- worse content. 
So it was just like the stuff I could and couldn't see, it just never made sense. And then I just <laughs> never was like, I need to watch Pretty Woman. I was like, ah, oh, it's okay. We're going to watch it eventually, Jess, for this podcast. Yeah, I know, I love for it. For this so podcast. Much. I mean, and I happen. love this movie so much. So, what would y'all say if you were to compare this to Sleepless in Seattle? Are y'all both, you've got male fans over Sleepless in Seattle? I don't think I can pick one, honestly, because they serve different needs. Okay. I do agree that they serve different needs. I, th- I but I do think I am more of a you got mail fan. Like that, if if I had to pick one for like, okay, what is the comfort movie robe that I want to put on tonight? It would probably be you've got mail first. There's a yeah, lot more. I I do yeah. like that they're together in it. Whereas oh, like in Sleepless in Seattle, I I love Sleepless in Seattle, and that was a movie to me when I was growing up when I would have to like go visit my dad or visit my grandma or whatever. I'd always bring that DVD and I was like, I just need to watch this. It'll make me feel better. Um, But the fact that they don't meet till the end is always like a little Mm -hmm. bit of a bummer to me. And in this one, I do just love watching them interact the whole time. But I love them both. I can't choose. They they do follow the same theme of Meg Ryan leaving other men for Tom Hanks (laughs) thanks to her dial dial up connection. Because one's the phone, the other one's email. She's always out of there. Well, mm-hmm. I I think for Sleepless in Seattle... That and she writes a letter like, in Sleepless. Well, that one's more like of me sobbing my eyes out and the music in that, like, really will get me. And I think I've seen it so many times that that movie just, oh my God. Whereas I could see this one being a little less weepy, you know? It's not mm-hmm. as like, oh my God, is this going to work? It's It's... It's a little more lighthearted, although there are still some sad parts in here. Don't get me wrong, or parts that like you know. Make I you- think Sleepless in Seattle is more his movie, and he's so charming and lovable and amazing in it. And I oh. think You've Got Mail is more her movie, and she is unbelievably cute. Yeah. That is you. You hit the nail on the head right there. Exactly. Because yeah. if I had to pick, who do I want to marry? Sam in Sleepless in Seattle or Joe in this one? I mean, it's Sam. Sam. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Again, Joe Fox is a sociopath. (laughs) You're so right because Sam Sam has like this heart and that's why she falls in love with him is because, you know. And he's funny. He's really funny. Yeah. Talks about magic and you just, you know. Oh, Oh, she could peel an apple in one slice. Oh, my God. You guys, I'm going to. Oh, my God. And And then the strings. Oh, my God. I'm going to rewatch that. I know. I love in that movie where he's like, doctor. Her first name could be doctor. I just love him so much. (laughs) He, I'm going to rewatch that. But he's so much more attractive in that movie, I think. Yeah. Whereas this one, Maggie's right. It's a little sociopathic, a little more, you know. (laughs) He's, Just he's, a tap. Yeah, and you're right. That It's Meg's, whereas some people look at Sleepless in Seattle and they think Meg is a psycho. They're like, she's literally right. True. around. Just they walk. each had their moment to be a little <laughs> bit crazy. <laughs> just watching from like when she's just like watching him with the kid. I, I feel like that needs to be one of those films that somebody takes it and they put scary music. And make <laughs> oh, totally. Trails. And she's like yeah, hiring absolutely. a PI to investigate him and get photos of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we so if for those listening, I think last year's Tom Hanks giving episode is on Sleepless in Seattle. So please, if you have yes. not heard it yet, check it out because we uh, Jess's husband Brad is actually the guest who is like a Tom Hanks. Who is the, the nicest guy I know? <laughs> yeah, he's the nicest guy in the world. And um, oh my God, Maggie, I'm so glad you got to do this. This is a very special yes. holiday episode. Happy Thanksgiving! Thanks. Happy Tom's Tom Hanksgiving. Yes, and um, also, Maggie, do you want to 
shout out your social media and all that. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, at Magstagram on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> it's M-A-G-Z and then Stagram. <laughs> threw a Z in there to be a little bit confusing for people. I love it. <laughs> and um, also, one of my favorite tweets of yours, I have to say, is that one about Chris <laughs> Evans and the turtleneck. Because I'm sorry, you brought Oh, up- yeah. I'm sorry. Where she? What did you say? He looks like the Bratz? Um, Chris Evans in Knives Out, the blue sweater that he wears is the same as Cameron the male Bratz doll. <laughs> I have a tweet where I compare the two. I think that's like the only tweet I've had that's like gone like viral. Yeah, so funny. So like funny. it got put in some kind of BuzzFeed listicle about Chris Evans, and that's all. That's I'm Amazing. fine with that being my claim to Twitter fame. I love it. I know your tweets, everything, and your photos. Your Debbie from Adam's Family Halloween costume you did oh. recently got brought me life, and I'm just oh, saying wow. that you got to be a guest tonight. Um, Thank and you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. So and much fun. It's just been a joy to talk about uh, all the joy that is you've got know. me all with both of you. Yeah. I know. I, and I, I hope everyone has a good Thanksgiving. This year kind of sucks. It, you know yeah. what? Brighten it up. Put on You've Got Mail. Exactly. Yeah, yeah right. It is like a, it is like a little blanket. It's like a warm. It was. Just and so there's that scene where he's got his head in the and the turkey cut out. So it's like perfect for Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's it's so much fun. And everybody, stay safe and um, listen to rate and review and subscribe. Listen to us on Spotify. I want Spotify streams, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I being such a? Twat? And we're on Instagram <laughs> too. We'll have we do pictures from the episode, so mm-hmm. things we've referenced. Thank y'all so much. We'll be yes. back soon with um, some Christmas movies for December. So Yes. Happy Tom Thanksgiving. Yay. <laughs>